Jack Chris here, the Now See Here podcast. I want to give a special thanks to those underwriters and sponsors and supporters, some of whom uh, started with me with BAM South when we uh, kicked back up here recently. Uh, I want to thank Benchmark Construction, and they're celebrating 40 great years this year. JH&H Architects, Farm Bureau Life Insurance, the Carson Law Group, PLLC, Dr. Michael Sanders, Face Value Health, Oxford Lafayette Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Foundation, Lulu Kebab Mediterranean Cuisine, Auto Innovative. Go see Alex Murray, great place here on Highway 51 for some great deals. Mazda of Jackson, another great uh, car dealership. BAMSouth.org, our homepage. Merit Media, Bank First, SettleMyCase.com, The Homebuyer Guy, Will White, and our new underwriter, Hometown Lenders of Mississippi. Thank you all very much for your support. And if you would like to be a sponsor, you can email me at Chris, C-R-I-S-S, public relations at gmail.com. And hello, everyone. Uh, Jack Chris here with the Now See Here podcast. We are live at CC's Coffee House in Ridgeland, Mississippi. And SettleMyCase.com is upstairs, of course, and uh, here in the boardroom, I guess you could call it, where we take over the place for about half, well, for several hours every Wednesday. And uh, as long as we buy something, nobody complains. We're all right. We're going to take on a pretty serious topic today, but one that is really, I think, necessary to discuss. And some people, you out there, the audience may think you know about this, you've heard about it, but really you haven't. And I'm going to introduce my guest, Jason Anderson, for my YouTube audience, he's right here, and Mr. Jody Dice. Uh, gentlemen, two organizations here that we want to discuss, and this topic today deals with uh, child exploitation right. and exploitation in general. Sure. Uh, you work with kids through uh, Free International and Say Something School Assembly here in Mississippi. First of all, welcome to Now See Here. Well, thank you for having us. We appreciate you bringing this topic to light on your show. Jody, let me start with you uh, here on my immediate left. What is your role with both organizations, and how did you get involved with dealing with or helping people recognize the signs of child exploitation and then, I guess, helping kids get through it? Well, my main organization I'm with is Free International. We're a national nonprofit NGO that bases out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And so I'm the East Coast uh, Regional Director, so everything on the east side of the country I kind of run for free. Uh, we assist law enforcement with uh, information, uh, helping with investigation of cases, to even recovery and placement of victims in long-term care. Uh, with that, I've been with the organization since uh, fall of 2012, full-time since uh, 2014. And now, Say Something School Assemblies, I'm the executive director of that, which is based here in Mississippi, which is just a, an awareness piece that we kind of pull alongside with Free International. Now, was your background in law enforcement? How did you get involved with Free International to begin with? Accidental. Really? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, um, I was in Meridian, that's where I'm from originally, and I was in the dental business of all places, but we've been doing school assemblies since 1999. And uh, in fact, April 2nd, 1999, my little sister-in-law was killed in a car accident by a guy high on crystal meth, killed her and two others. And so we just started doing school assemblies about drunk driving, distracted driving, just anything that would, I, you know, our family was just wanting to take on something that other families wouldn't have to go through what we went through. 
And through that, we went from just talking heads and on the gym floor to a full multimedia type deal with uh, video screens and sound. And it was in uh, fall of 2012, Free International contacted us uh, because the Super Bowl was coming to New Orleans that following February. And so we went down to New Orleans and, and kind of met with them and created Say Something Assembly with a few other guys down there. Had no idea what we were getting into. At that point, I had no clue anything about human trafficking. Yeah. I, tell, I jokingly say I binge-watched all three takings to get an education and then got down there and realized it was nothing like what we were expecting. And maybe worse than what you expected, yeah, we, unfortunately. And Jason Anderson is here. Now, Jason, I, I guess your full-time gig is your owner of Lakeland Glass and Tent. There's more uh, great product placement, and we'll send you the bill for that. Don't worry. <laughs> right. But what's your involvement here with Jason? How did you two meet, and, and what's your role with the organization? Okay, so uh, as far as Say Something School Assembly is concerned, I'm on the board of directors. Um, I work on the creative side. I'm also a presenter with them as well. Um, I'll tell a little bit about my, my past and my story along the way. Uh, I was a professional musician since 1997, so I use that tool and everything I've learned in that in that realm to kind of help connect with kids um, in, in a way that they can understand and let them realize that kind of what they're going through isn't, you know, what they're going to be. Uh, because I came from kind of a rough patch and then uh, use that, turned it around, and now, now I kind of teach kids that you can be whatever you want to be type of thing. Um, as far as Free International, I, I work alongside with Jody, and we, we do a lot of different things to kind of help inform people because when you hear the word human trafficking or sex trafficking, it gets it gets really blurred. People, what they think it is is not really what it is. Most people think it's some international thing. There's a chic, some, I mean, right. and I'm not trying to be, you know, stereotypical, but that's what we think. They don't think sure. that it's it's a local business owner. Right. Or right. Uh, as, as I told you guys, I did some research last night that there have been so many arrests here lately of prominent people course the biggest being this Jeffrey Epstein yep. person sure. individual in yep. New York a, a multi-billionaire who is dealing with with kids girls as young as 14 give me a definition what falls under the category of exploitation and just how bad is it in Mississippi and nationally well for human trafficking uh, especially on the sex trafficking side uh, if the victim is over the age of 18, force, fraud, or coercion has to be proven in there. And there's a list of what each one of those things. Force can be any types of threats, actual force, force rapes, uh, all kinds of uh, aggression that is taken out on the victim to make them do the job or, or be in the business. Blackmail. That, Black, well, that goes over into the into the coercion side right, of right. things. And then uh, fraud is promise of things that's never delivered, like uh, travel, money, uh, even they consider being wooed into a romantic relationship as a way of luring girls out as a part of the fraud side. And the coercion is everything, manipulation, blackmail, and uh, extortion, and all of that. Uh, for minors that are trafficked under the age of 18, you don't have to prove any of that. For minors, all you have to do is prove that there was some sort of exchange of value for their exploitation. And so it, it could be for a hit on a drug or anything like that, if you can prove. So it, by law, federally and in our state, and most states reflect the federal law, is there is no such thing as a minor prostitute. 
there are minors that are exploited and prostituted, but according to our laws and statutes, we see it as a minor doesn't make those decisions, something has coerced them into that. At some point, probably later on in their adult life, they may choose that lifestyle right. because that's all they've ever known. But if you trace the roots back, you'll find out that there was probably some sort of force fraud or coercion. Well, statistically, what are we looking at here? How big of a problem is it numerically? Do you have, I mean, I know it's hard to gauge, but, but right. what has been brought to your attention I'm, numerically? We're, we're an organization that I, I stand against organizations that use numbers to even re-exploit the issue. Because uh, one's and, enough, right? Yeah, uh, we're all about the one. In fact, we right. had to come to that point uh, that one is a very big number. Uh, to be honest with you, there were probably close to 30,000 cases tried last year in the United States on human trafficking, both uh, sex trafficking and labor trafficking. We do work in both realms. It's not just sex trafficking, but we do work the labor trafficking side of things as well. But the one thing that you will see about it, uh, sex trafficking gets the most traction. That's what all your movies are about. That's what all your TV shows are about. Most people see that. Labor trafficking, uh, you're dealing a lot with undocumented people. And and with that, most people kind of throw a blanket over all of that, and they don't understand the whole labor trafficking scheme that some of the people are here thinking they were coming legitimately and come to find out it was a, it's a forced servanthood or, or um, you know, labor type bill where they're paying off a debt type thing to even come into the country. And so when you start looking at the laws on it there's and numbers on it, there's no exact numbers. That even goes back to what our prosecutions are. Um, right now you can have cases that would be in most people's size as a clean cut human trafficking case. But either DAs or prosecutors bleed down on the case and, and when they plead it down they have, you know, exploitation of a minor or, or whatever the case may be to, to win it. So when we say what numbers are, we can't produce exact numbers on it. How bad is it? I always tell people, you give me 48 hours in your city or town, it doesn't matter how small the town, I guarantee you can find it, if there's a, if, especially if there's a drug crisis there. Well, let's, let's bring it down to, to a, a level where people need to be shocked. Mm -hmm. All right, because because I met you all here uh, last week through Roddy Merritt, our, our technical director, and you were telling me about some specific cases that stunned me, and I thought I'd heard a lot of things, heard it all, right. but what have you dealt with recently that our listeners need to know about to know just well, how damn serious this is in this state? There's two very prominent statements that's going to, like, shock in all people. We have more people in slavery than any other time in it the whole existence of the world. And people think that's very odd because they think back of early on slavery. Well, we have more people in slavery today than ever before, okay? Secondly, human trafficking and sex trafficking is more, there's more money and more involvement in that than drug trafficking. We already know how big of a problem drug trafficking, what kind of money there is in that, right? There's numbers attached to that. Well, sex trafficking and human trafficking blows that out of the water. So those are two very prominent statements that kind of kind of lean you to see how serious this really is. And we're, we're talking about children as young as five years old is the longest youngest that we found recovery. And what what was the situation there? What, uh, her dad was a uh, drug addict, and he was pimping her out to another guy who was producing child pornography of her and selling it online. And then, of course, what happens to that? child if she lives you know her life is probably uh, well some of it depends on the state they're in in our state right now the one thing i can say is uh 
Uh, Speaker of the House Philip Gunn is really working hard on some new legislation that will help with the placement of minors in our state. We don't have a place in the state of Mississippi right now that is specific for a victim of minors that are trafficked. Uh, we only have one place in our state that is specific for adults that are trafficked in it, and that's the tower over in Pearl. And uh, Sandy Middleton and the Center for Violence Prevention has had a vision to take on and run that, and we're, we're excited to be able to partner with them on those things. But the speaker is wanting to uh, work hand-in-hand with our state CPS, whatever needs to be revamped or worked in that area, that we actually have homes that are placed for minors. Because right now, if a minor in our state that is recovered is placed in, in the CPS system. Jason Anderson and Jody Dice are my guests today. We're discussing child trafficking and the sex trade here in Mississippi and nationwide. Uh, and it's a, it's a difficult subject. But it, let me ask you, gentlemen, this. Are our law enforcement officials being trained to see signs? And what would an average citizen look for? I mean, I, Jason, I think you told me, or Jody, one of you told me, that every day when we're out grocery shopping Absolutely. or taking a walk or whatever, we're passing probably, statistically, yes. again, passing somebody who has been touched, their lives has been touched by this right. sick crime. So what are the telltale signs and are law enforcement people being trained? Uh, in our state, yes, law enforcement are being trained. Um, they're actually getting better trained now. We just had a new appointment at uh, Mississippi Bureau of Investigation as a human trafficking coordinator. Ashley Lucas is the new one for our state, which will then kind of coordinate not only investigation operations, but training operations, especially through Melota, the, the police academy here. Uh, on top of that, we have personally, through Free International, trained uh, over, well, we're probably over 5,000 now firefighters in our state and EMS that have been trained what to look for when they're out on calls because they're in homes, businesses, hotels, things of that nature. And so a lot of our law enforcement are being changed. A lot of them still need to be trained. Uh, what a lot of people are not realizing is when we think training law enforcement, we're thinking Jackson, Meridian, Gulf Coast, yeah. South Haven, major metropolitan areas, when actually our small police forces in rural Mississippi and rural America need to be trained to look for it because it's everywhere. It's not just in the, in the metropolitan area. It could be worse there, I guess, sure. with, the, with the drug problems. Right. Probably you, so. If, if you cut off drugs, would that eliminate a lot of this problem? And then conversely, if, if you, a lot of people say if you legalize drugs, then that would drive it out of the black market and it might cut back on this. What are the solutions, in other words? Huh. Mm, that's a tough one. When you figure that one out, yeah. it helped me out. Uh, honestly, I don't think doing away with, um, if drugs were eliminated today, I don't think... Uh, it still exists. Yeah, the perversion yeah, right. is, right. is going to be there. Money gets whatever it wants. I mean... We just seen that in late recent cases where billionaires are, are trafficking young girls. Uh, we've seen a case where a nine-year-old girl was trafficked and being prostituted in a makeshift brothel during Super Bowl week one week when we were working that, and a guy just paid six thousand dollars for an hour with a nine-year-old. Well, see, we didn't hear about this twenty or thirty years ago. Now maybe it was a problem, but when I was Absolutely. growing up, I didn't hear about it. But what I'm leading to is now you've got an internet where you can watch whatever you want to. Okay, sure. child porn or even you know regular hardcore porn and uh, the statistics I've seen say that that's that's where people are going sure. people are everybody or a lot of people not everybody present company excluded but 80% of the population is that part of the problem that yeah. these sickos are seeing this stuff 
and they want to go out and they'll it, do anything to get it. It's a supply and demand. The issue is is the Johns, the guys that are out here buying these children. If if we could slow that part down, that's where we're going to catch it up. Right now, because if if someone wants it, they're going to get it. That's what he's saying, basically, with the money. But when you hear the trafficking, you're thinking of people locked up in the back of a truck or in a warehouse somewhere. It is not that. I mean, some of some of these kids and women are treated fairly nicely. The people are taking care of them. They're buying them clothes. They're feeding them. They're providing them a lifestyle. But in return, they're making them do things they really shouldn't have to. And, and child services has nothing to do or doesn't work with you all? I mean, like state agencies? Yeah, we work with CAC, pretty close child advocacy centers. So you do. Uh, the so state yeah. is involved on that level. Sure. Yeah, and we work very closely within all of our state agencies. That's one thing that um, we've made a point, that we work closely with law enforcement, with governmental agencies and things, because uh, no one's going to have the answer. The NGOs aren't going to have the solid answers. The government aren't, isn't going to have the solid answers. So everyone coming together as a, as a corporate group working together is the only way that you're going to fight this effectively. Um, I would love to say it, everyone puts out that we can end this in a lifetime, our lifetime, and supposedly so. Uh, I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> well, given human nature, maybe not. But right. I want to ask you both this question. Uh, what has shocked you the most in, in dealing with this this subject? What, what one event or tragedy... Um, hit you home or hit home uh you can ask them if my wife was here you could ask her this every time we find a kid under the age of 14 years old um those are the ones that i quit on i'll come on i can't take this more because i'm a dad of daughters i actually have three grandkids now one of those is a little girl and uh the younger they are the worse those get me uh the worst part of that is the fact that um most of the really young ones are being exploited by family members, familial trafficking, which probably makes up the largest majority of what we're finding associated with the opioid epidemic and methamphetamine epidemic is that parents are so strung out they're pimping out and selling their own kids. And uh, on the side of that, I'm also a minister. And so, you know, I hate to quote scripture, but I stand no. on James one twenty seven, where it says, pure and acceptable religion is taking care of orphans and widows in their distress. And people like to quote that scripture to that point, but they forget there's a second half. And the second half of that scripture it says, and not being corrupted by the world in the process. And to me, there's no bigger orphan in the world than, than a family member that's supposed to be taking care of a kid or a young lady. And you're exploiting them. And, and Jason, I want to get your answer. But this, this also, let's let's be clear. I'm sure this cuts across racial lines, class yes. lines. It's yes. not the the poor, you know, white trash in a trailer no. park. Oh, Th no. This could be somebody in a very nice, well-to-do, right. gated neighborhood. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes as far as you know some of the the Russians and stuff like that. I mean, we're talking about high-end call girls that are basically doing this exact thing in a in an organized sense so i mean we're not we're not just talking about a, a trailer park per se i mean you could go all the way to you know some of the the big neighborhoods and things like that it's happening everywhere but back to your question yeah, I'm, a dad of, I'm a dad of daughters as well yeah and for me it's a, it's our responsibility to our our families and our children and our community to, to raise our kids and this that and the other and it, it blows me away how people will devalue their kids alive for a twenty dollar drug or something. That that's what that's what really gets me. It it, it yeah. infuriates me. And then you you want to react. You know you want you want to react and and 
take care of the situation, but you got to take the right path. And it's just, it's, it's the awareness is what, that's what, that's what I want to do. I want to make everybody understand what's really happening here. This is the Now See Here podcast. I'm Jack Chris, and we're joined here uh, in the studio and on YouTube with Mr. Jason Anderson and Jody Dice. Uh, Tell me about the young lady when we first met. You told me about a young woman who herself had been through this trauma, but came out on the other side and is working with you now uh, with Say Something and speaking. And, and can you, we'd love to have her on sometime too, sure. but she's, she's what, 24 now? Did you tell me? Or in her 20s? She's 20, 25. What, what, what was her story? Uh, her name's Jody. Leah Daldrell, and uh, Leah was trafficked in. Um, in the just outside Laurel area, a little place called Richton area. Uh, Leah, it was kind of in a bad situation. Her family were uh, her; she never knew who her dad was. Her mom was a severe drug addict, so she's being raised by a grandmother who has her own issues. Her granddad was an alcoholic, real bad. So she was kind of a she was just in a bad situation from the get go. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the promise. Um, the fact that she's uh, African-American and the rest of her family was white and raised in, in white. She went to an all-white school, and so she was picked on because of her race. And so she, she experienced bullying at a very young age. Through that, found drugs as, as a way to kind of self-medicate. And uh, the addictions just took over. Uh, family got kicked off of the base, her softball team. Just went through all kinds of junk and wound up. The drug dealer was the one who let her come into his house, give her a place to stay, would keep her fixed, but she would have to return and do favors for him to guys that were coming in. And so that stretched out over several years. And uh, finally, one night she had a real bad um, uh, withdrawals, was in severe pain, and and needed to go to the hospital and. I, I the goodness of God, he just uh, said, "Fine, go." For the and so she left and never went back. Uh, the thing about Leah, though, the, everything about her case would have been a human trafficking case because she was being exploited. She couldn't freely go. Something happened to her under all three categories: the force, the fraud, and the coercion. And um, the guy's now since died, so his case could never be prosecuted. But Leah. Um, wound up going to Teen Challenge for her drug addictions and has recovered super well. Probably one of the best recoveries I've ever seen. Yeah, She's a really solid young lady. Um, but she always says, uh, and her deal is, is you pass me in the three W's. And the three W's were Waffle House, Walgreens, and Walmart. And she said, uh, uh, everyone sees a trafficking victim in, in Waffle House. And what she's saying, not specifically Waffle House, but 24-hour restaurants. Because if they're working all nights, all weekend, they got to ditch in somewhere to grab a place to eat or bite to eat. And so they'll eat there. And most people just see them as hookers, whores, whatever they want to see them, or meth heads or whatever. And so they don't see them as a victim. You're just talking about what are warning signs. Here's this person that's working all hours of the night, multiple hotel room keys or something of that nature. Uh, then um, she says uh, Walgreens or 24-hour yeah. you know, uh, drugstores. Same reason, things that she may need in the business of what's going on. And in Walmart, well, everyone goes to Walmart at some point or another, and that's what she's talking about. You know, we all bump into someone, and you just don't recognize it. And that was hers. No one saw her. In fact, she was more 
demonized for the drug abuse and the drug addiction that she was in and didn't see the exploitation uh, as that. Right. But she's speaking for you now and talking to other young people who've gone through this. Well, before we talk about what actually goes on at the assembly and how people can contact you all, and, and, you know, I guess you go to schools and other, any organization that... We do. uh, Let's say I'm in a Walgreens or a Waffle House at midnight or whatever, for whatever reason, and I see something that looks kind of, you know, my antenna goes up. Who do I call? The police? I would, in our area, I would go ahead and call the police. And what do you say? You just say, I saw something that looked odd and would, try and get a tag is, number or something? Uh, if they leave, definitely try to get a make and model of the vehicle, tag number. Uh, we always say don't approach them. Yeah. Uh, don't approach the individual. Everyone has a good heart and thinks these girls are going to just embrace them and want out. Uh, out of over 400 and something recoveries, I've only got my neck hugged probably three or four times by some of these girls, you know, for helping them. The rest have cussed you out, slapped you, clawed at you, called you everything on. Some because it's street rules. They're trying to survive. If that right. pimp thinks they're flipping on them, right. it's detrimental to their life. So we said don't approach them. Uh, if you're not comfortable with calling 911 or you don't feel like uh, you're in a place that might can address that, then call the National Human Trafficking Hotline number, which is 888-3737-888. And uh, they're going to ask you, they'll walk you through the, the reporting, but they're going to want things, tag numbers, hotel room numbers, addresses, anything, where whatever it is that's pertinent to the information that would help the victims, that's what they're going to need. But I would always say your first call should be 911 and say, this is what I see. I see these young ladies and this guy seems controlling. It looks like a trafficking situation. He's making them approach girls. Whatever you're seeing, report it. And But I will say, if you mention human trafficking in what you're saying, that seems to get a little quicker response than saying, well, I just saw these prostitutes. That's just going to sweep in a prostitution type thing. Well, I lied to you. Before we get into the assembly, let me ask one other question. What what average citizens can do? I mean, your minister, you said, is is the church getting involved? What what can somebody, you know, Jack Chris here, uh, what can I do to help? I mean, contribute money or, or well, what we, are the churches doing? You we know? are nonprofits. And the thing about Free International is we're all self-funded. So Free International does not pay any of us a dime to do this. I don't get paid by Free International. I don't get paid by Say Something. Uh, churches, individuals, businesses, they give to us as a donation, uh, as, as donors. And that's how we're self-funded. So when you pull the 990s on our nonprofits, you see all the money that actually goes to that, goes to the fight, goes to the school assembly, goes to not administrative overhead. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so and that's another reason the government likes what we do. We're not it's not a money maker for us. Trust me, I left a really good paying job to do this because this was a calling. This was not not a a money maker. And the other side of that is um, just what you're doing right now, bringing us in, putting us on your show. That's a huge help because the more you get the message out, the more that you bring awareness to it. Uh, This is my point. Awareness is always better than rescue. Always better. Well, you know, uh, if we can save them before they need saving, that's what we want to do. I didn't know about you until Roddy introduced me. Sure. So, and this is how things work. This is how this podcast grows. I meet you. We meet each other. We go on Facebook. We tell everybody about you, and all of a sudden, more people know. All right. I know we're going to be we're running probably a little bit long, but this is important. Tell us about say something school assembly. Uh, if people want you to bring a, a group, or if you all speak, what do they need to do, and what can they expect? 
Okay, so it is, it's a multimedia thing, and over the past few years, we've kind of developed into this really interactive thing with the, the students, the teachers, all the faculty involved. It's not us just coming into an auditorium and then throwing a bunch of information at them. We make it really fun for them. You know, we, we do the music thing. We do some dances and all this type of stuff to really make it interactive to open the, the kids' hearts and minds. Not a lecture. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, it's cool. The kids love it. But at, at the end of the day, they get real-world information to help them with what they're dealing with. And a lot of the issues, we're talking about bullying, teen suicide, drug, alcohol abuse, exploitation, being safe online. There's a lot of information that kids need these days that they don't get. And for us, it's about just coming into that school, giving them the tools that they need, and not just the students, but the teachers as well. And I guarantee you, kids are seeing this stuff. You know, parents may oh, say, oh, no, not my little Johnny or Susie, sure. but they, if they've got a phone, an iPhone or a computer, yeah. they're seeing this stuff. You know it. Uh, all right, phone numbers, websites. You do go out to a, any school that requests you, or, or church group, I assume, mm -hmm. or any kind of a civic group. Yeah. How do they get in touch with you all and, and book you? Uh, you can go to www.saysomethingassembly.com. Or you can shoot us an email at info at saysomethingassembly.com. And, uh, and on the website, there will be a link if you want to book an assembly or book a speaker. You can click at and go through that. And that's how we just say that's the best way to reach out to us. And we'll put this on our Facebook and pages. And you can go like the Facebook page, yeah. too. A lot of people reach out to us through that. And, and share to friends and, and family members. Uh, uh, Again, it's businessmen doing this. Women are doing this. Yes, uh, billionaires are doing this. It's yep. being done all over the place. Yep. Are we making any headway? I mean, you say you know you say one, you got one soul sure. and one yeah. spirit, but are we making any headway? I, I believe we are, just for the fact that now it's it's gaining traction. And you somebody you hadn't heard out of this whenever you were younger. Uh, it's been no. going on. In fact, we have a book. Our founder, Mike Martell, in Las Vegas. He has a book that was published in 1879, I think it was, and it's talking about the new slavery that's coming. And it is it spells out human trafficking to the letter, the exploitation of, of women and children for prostitution. And so it was already working through that. It's just now to a point that we're at a place that we're actually saying or doing something about it. Sure. And, and, and that's a big step right there. Yes. Yeah. It's not taboo, I guess. Right, exactly. you, know, you, you need to and talk that's the about thing. it. We always tell st schools as well when we're talking about the schools. Uh, if I have, if we have any pushback, they get nervous about the topic. Why are you coming? Well, to they need to get nervous about the topic, yeah. don't they? We're, we're not sexually explicit. We don't talk about acts. None of our videos are explicit. In fact, they're just informational. Uh, we're not there to do sex education. We're there to bring awareness to an issue. And, and so that's how that is. And so uh, it's, it will never be in that setting. Uh, we've spoken to over 400,000 students nationwide uh, in our school assembly program. So that's probably over 40,000, 30,000 schools that we've been in since we started this. Good for you. Well, I hope that's a lawnmower out there and we're not about to be plowed under. That, that's the joy of doing live, live podcast. I'm Jack Chris. You've been listening to Now See Here. Jason Anderson, Jody Dice, give me contact information one more time. Uh, www.saysomethingassembly.com or info at saysomethingassembly.com You two are doing great yeah. work. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. We've only skimmed the surface. Yes. I would like to have the young lady on if she's willing to come and talk sure, with us. Sure. And of course we'll have you on again too. And uh, here you go.
Jason's got this is his company, Lakeland Glass and Tin. I, I keep trying to hit him up for sponsorship. So yeah. go by go by there and tell him we heard it on now. See there you, you here. Fellas, thanks so much. And if y'all are around August the seventeenth. Oh yeah, the car show. Tell we, me. We have a car show on Parkway Road and uh, Spillway Road that is a benefit for Say Something School Assembly. So we're we're buying new equipment to do more assemblies and travel more places. So. Is that at the Word of Life? Uh, uh, River of Life. River of Life, rather, church, yeah. Right, yes. River of Life Church on the corner of uh, Parkway Road and Spillway Road. Yep, so if there's any sponsors out there, donors, it's a tax write-off. We need a little help if we can get it. Well, right. and we'll put that info on the uh, Facebook page, too. Thank you, sir. Thank Gentlemen, you thank so you much. so much. And, and this is uh, good work you're doing, and we appreciate it. Thank uh, you, those thank of you us who have daughters much. and you know children at all, it's a tough subject. Folks, thanks so much for watching and listening to Now See Here. <laughs> I like that, Jason. Wait, give him a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to fight this problem. That's this right. is Now See Here, and thanks again to CC's Coffee House, Roddy Merritt, our technician, and SettleMyCase.com, and all of our other sponsors. Take care, and thanks for listening.